Okay, how exciting. It's Thursday, March 4th. And we're going on a boat ride um, at 1 o'clock. We are going on a boat tour today. Right now it's not 1 o'clock. We're in the Everglades. Oh, four hours from now. We'll be on a boat tour. But anyway, it's um, March 4th, Thursday. Very excited just to be alive. This is season two, episode 41. Had a blessed time with the Lord yesterday, and I hope that you guys spent time in worship as well. We ended up finding a beautiful... Um, it's called a hammock. That what? Yeah, we went to mahogany hammock and walked on a point four mile, basically a boardwalk through this raised island in a swamp, and it was real cool. But today we're gonna worship God. Did you know the longest dirt to dirt bicycle backflip was one hundred meters? And they, and they looked up and they were like, they were going, I think it's because they saw her. Oh. <laughs> Some lady was like, <laughs> I guess you were driving by. That's cute. <laughs> so we're going to look at Psalm 25. We're going to worship God through Psalm 25. We're going to learn about Jesus. Um, and Abba. Through John chapter 9. We're going to close out Haggai with chapter 2. It's very short. And Proverbs 4. Gaining wisdom in Proverbs chapter 4. So, Daddy, do you want to open us in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for a cool morning. Thank, thank you. you for not being hot. For the birds, thank you for shining your grace upon us. Your grace is never ending. To those that call upon you, and that's what we do this morning. We invite you to sit as our honored guest in this house. Amen. Amen. And God, I just ask that you would supernaturally teach us and the listeners through this reading from your spirit to our spirit. Romans says that your spirit mingles with our spirit and God teach us from that. Amen. I also come against anything that opposes the word of God in all our lives. We plead the blood of Jesus over us. All of us, anyone who's listening, any enemy of God, we say get out in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This is a prayer for protection, guidance, and pardon. This is um, David's Psalm 25. I'm going to go to the... And LT. Oh Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. Do not let me be disgraced or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. 
No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced, but disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and unfailing love which you have shown from past long ages past. Do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth. Remember me in light of your unfailing love, for you are merciful, O Lord. The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing what is right, teaching them his way. Yeah, God, teach us your way. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenant and obey his demands. For the honor of your name, O Lord, forgive my many, many sins. Who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. They will live in prosperity and their children will inherit the land. The Lord is a friend to those who fear him. He teaches them his covenant. My eyes are always on the Lord for he rescues me from the traps of my enemies. Turn to me and have mercy for I am alone and in deep distress. My problems go from bad to worse. Oh, save me from them all. Feel my pain and see my trouble. Forgive all my sins. See how many enemies I have and how viciously they hate me. Protect me. Rescue my life from them. Do not let me be disgraced, for in you I take refuge. May integrity and honesty protect me, for I put my hope in you. O God, ransom Israel from all its troubles. Mm. You know what? I wish we all would have that kind of um, awareness of our sins and sincere repentance. That would make us blameless. Like David. (laughs) So God, help us be aware of our sins and repent before you. You're going to learn now about how Jesus heals a man who was born blind and what that does for the people what that tells you about Jesus and you're also going to learn about spiritual blindness this is John chapter 9 okay you ready as Jesus was walking along he saw a man who had been blind from birth rabbi his disciples asked him why was this man born blind was it because of his own sins or his parents sins do you know what they thought then is that if you had a handicap that you must somebody must have sinned either you or your your folks and if you were born blind then they believed you could sin even before you were born as like a baby in the womb or the parents sinned so badly that it caused them or generational sin yeah and jesus said it is it was not because of his sins or his parents sins jesus answered this happened you boys are both not listening go to the table now it's important that you get this no that is not the table how do we obey all the way right away and with a cheerful heart Mm -hmm. 
It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. Amen. Mm. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. Who is the one who sent us? Hmm? God. Yeah. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. What does Jesus say about his identity? He is the light of the world. Jesus never said he's nobody. Jesus always know, knew his identity. The closer you are to Jesus, the better you know your identity. Remember what um, Louis Mello said? What? Does anybody want to know how to be truly happy? True happiness is when you know exactly what God wants you to do and you do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh? And then you're like... Now watch what the uh, solution is here. You would think it's kind of a dirty thing to do. But this is what Jesus does. Hey, guess what? You're not sitting. You're talking about other things again. Hope you're not sitting. I could count. And it was less than a minute for you guys to forget where you should be. Okay, stay at the table. What's your plan? That's your one for the day. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam? And that means scent. So you know what I notice here is that Jesus did part of the healing. The rest of the healing, the man had to go do something. A lot of times, that's what we have to do. God asks us to do one thing. He does the other thing. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. So before the man acted on his faith, could he see? He had to obey God. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, and others said, No, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, Yes, I am the same one. And they asked, who healed you? What happened? He told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam. 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 Huh? Something like that. All right. Thanks for interrupting again. Go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. I'm sure that in these readings I pronounce plenty of the words the wrong way god is just gonna have to forgive me (laughs) and wash yourself so i went and washed and now i can see where is he now they asked well i don't know he replied then they took the man who had been blind to the pharisees because it was on the sabbath that jesus had made the mud and healed him can you believe the reaction of these people this man all of a sudden got a healing And then they went to go tattle on Jesus? That's so bad. That's not nice. Okay, listen, we we ask you all the time. 
to keep the screen shut. Why is the screen open? Okay, you're not the judge of that. Okay, I'm going to keep reading. Some of the Pharisees said... Oh, wait. Okay. So they took him to... Because it was on the Sabbath, Jesus made the mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about it. So he told them, he put mud on my eyes and then washed it away. I could see. What does Jesus do to our sins? He washes our sins away. So that really reminds me of our sins being washed away. Our sins are like mud and muck and filth. They don't allow us to see straight. It also reminds me of Paul when he was Saul. The scales falling off his eyes. (sighs) Do you think that when you're talking, you're listening? Yeah? Yeah. What, Hopi? Answer quick, because I'm going to move on. Um, Jesus, Mary was scared of him, but but, but God said, don't worry, I, I'm not a ghost, I am God. Mm. Okay, Cade. What is a scale on your eye? A scale is something that keeps you from seeing. Like imagine an alligator scale or a fish scale over your eye and you wouldn't be able to see through it, would you? Yeah. That would be yucky. And that was a good question. Because it was related to what we were learning about. Now here's something important that you should know. When you're running your mouth, you're not listening. Yeah, but you keep running your mouths when I'm talking. So I'll tell you as much as you need to hear it. You understand? Sit down, Cade, and sit down, Hope. What, Cade? I'm the only one not doing it. Not running your mouth? Yeah. Yeah, but you just did. (laughs) Hope, sit down. Sit down, Hopey. Hope, leave the leashes. What is going on? Leave the leashes. Some of the Pharisees said, This man, Jesus, is not from God, for he's working on the Sabbath. Others said, How could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, What's your opinion about this man who healed you? The man replied, I think he must be a prophet. The Jewish leader still refused to believe the man had been blind and could now see. So they called in his parents. They asked them, Is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? Okay, it's time for her to have a spanking. I'm sorry. Anybody who's interrupting from now on has earned a spanking. So sorry. Um, His parents replied, We know this is our son and that he was born blind. But we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. 
he is old enough to speak for himself. <sighs> Can you walk her through repenting with you? Say, dear God. meant God. And you. God. Forgive me. I love you. Amen. Okay, now we're going to be quiet. He's old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that if anyone saying that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why he said he's old enough. That's why they said he's old enough. Ask him. So how about parents throwing their kid under the bus, right? For the second time, can you save some for me? They called in the man who had been blind. Yeah. And told him God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. For the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, give glory to God, not to Jesus. That's uh, the same thing. Yeah, they didn't understand Jesus was God. Because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. You know what the man said? What? Well, I don't know whether he's a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind and now I can see. But what did he do, they asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed, I told you once. Didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then you know what they said? Then they cursed him. Can you believe? These are God's people. God's like people of high position. They, They can't see that Jesus is God. And they also curse the people that believe in Jesus. They cursed him and they said, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Why? You know what the man said? This blind man that now could see? Why, that's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from? We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began... No one has ever, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. You know how they answered him? You were born a total sinner, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. So, you know, you see the pride in these religious leaders. It's amazing. How many times did he have to tell them? 
what happened. They just didn't, they kept not believing, kept not believing. They even called in his parents and his parents were scared of them. They didn't believe the parents either, did they? It's amazing. So now here Jesus is going to talk about spiritual blindness. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Or you could say also the Son of God. And the man answered, Who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. And you know what Jesus said? Cade, you need a spanking now. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you do. Wait. When Jesus heard, okay, the man answered, Who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe him, the man said. And he worshipped Jesus. And then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, Are you saying we're blind? You know what Jesus said? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. Did you know that God holds people that know better to a higher standard? He expects them to know better. So when... When, when God does miracles for us, and P- and we can say to them, "Do you believe in Jesus?" and they say, "Well, who is he? We want to believe in him." You know what we can say? You've seen him. He's the one who healed you. Thank you. You can say that, right, guys? Yep. Yep. Okay. Haggai. Haggai. Okay. All right. You know what happened in chapter one, right? That they got instructions to build the temple and they listened and it was less than a month later that God allowed them to start building and God blessed them for it. Now you're going to hear about something unfortunate. Are you going to listen or not? And you're also going to hear about blessings that God promises for obeying him. And as well, promises for Zerubbabel. So Haggai chapter 2. Then on October 17th of the same year. What are our dates here? August 29th, they get the call to rebuild the temple. September 21st, they start rebuilding. And October 17th of the same year. The Lord sent another message through the prophet Haggai. Say this to Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, and to Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of God's people there in the land. Does anyone remember this house, this temple, in its former splendor? 
How in comparison does it look to you now? It must seem like nothing at all. But now the Lord says, Be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people still left in the land. And now get to work, for I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. My spirit remains among you, just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. So do not be afraid. What an exciting message that is to get for somebody who worships the Lord and wants to do his work. That's an, I want God to give us messages like that. For this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. In just a little while, I will again shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place, I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Now, here are blessings that are promised for obedience. This is um, December 18th of the second year of King Darius's reign. On December 18th of the second year of King Darius's reign, the Lord sent this message to the prophet Haggai. <sighs> Micah, are you listening to me? Yeah. I said, sit at the table. What are you doing? I'm at the table. You're not sitting. How do we obey? Answer me. Uh, mm-hmm. So what do you need to fix? I'm not mm-hmm. Okay. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. Ask the priest this question about the law. If one of you is carrying some meat from a holy sacrifice in his robes, and his robe happens to brush against some bread or stew, wine or olive oil, or any other kind of food, will it become holy? The priest replied, no. Then Haggai asks, if someone becomes ceremonial unclean by touching a dead person, and then touches any of these foods, will the food be defiled? The priest answered, yes. Then Haggai responded, that is how it is with this people and this nation, says the Lord. Everything they do and everything they offer is defiled by their sin. Look at what is happening, what was happening to you before you began to lay the foundation of the Lord's temple. When you hoped for a 20 bushel crop, you harvested only 10. When you expected to draw 50 gallons from the wine press, you found only 20. I sent blight and mildew and hail to destroy everything you worked so hard to produce. Even so, you refused to return to me, says the Lord. Think about this 18th day of December, the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Think carefully. I am giving you a promise now while the seed is still in the barn... You have not yet harvested your grain, and your grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, and olive trees have not yet produced their crops. But from this day onward, I will bless you. On the same day, now here are some promises for Zerubbabel. On that same day, December 18th, the Lord sent the second message to Haggai. Tell Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, 
that I am about to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overthrow royal thrones and destroy the power of foreign kings. I will overturn their chariots and riders. The horses will fail and their riders will kill each other. But when this happens, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will honor you, Zerubbabel, son of Shittiel, Shealtiel, my servant. I will make you like a signet ring on my finger, says the Lord, for I have chosen you. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. God, I wish that you would say about my family that we would be like a signet ring on your finger. What? No. What is it? What is it? I'm going to say wait. It's like right there. Like I can just grab it. Thanks for accepting the answer and not arguing. It's a telescope. Proverbs 4. Okay, this is a father's wise advice. I want you to listen carefully. This advice not only comes from Abba Father, but also your daddy. My children, listen when your father corrects you. Pay attention. Hope, is your plan to be quiet and listen? Yes. Mm. Pay attention and learn good judgment, for I am giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my instructions, for I too was once my father's son, tenderly loved as my mother's only child. Was David an only child? Or Solomon? That's what he said. Tenderly loved as my mother's only child. David had many wives. Could have been this whole thing. Solomon's mother. Only gave birth to him. Oh. Mama. Okay. My father taught me, take my words to heart. Follow my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom and sh- for she will protect you. Love her and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her and she will honor you. I feel like I read this yesterday, didn't I? She will place a lovely wreath on your head. She will present you with a beautiful crown. My child, listen to me and do as I say. And you will have a long, good life. I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in, a sh- in straight paths. When you walk, you understood what it meant when I told you to stop. Thank you. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Take hold of my instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them, for they are the key to life. Don't do as the wicked do, and don't follow the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving. For evil people can't sleep until they've done their evil deed for the day. 
They can't rest until they've caused someone to stumble. They eat the food of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. I love that. But the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they're stumbling over. That's what my dream was about once. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Lukey. Do you know what it means to guard your heart? Guard your desires, your emotions, your devotions, your passions, the things that you focus on, you should guard them. If that soccer ball stays there, the next um, RV is going to smush it. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out, huh? A straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. That's a good message. Thank you, God. Micah, you can go get your thing now.